You're listening to the Prairie Town Basement Sessions. I'm your host, Ian Krochak. Hi everyone, hope all is well with you. I missed you, and I'm so glad to be back here in front of the mic here at the Prairie Town Basement Session Studio in my favorite Prairie Town of Neverville, Manitoba. Well, I'm back from the little hiatus I took with some very much needed recharge batteries and an amped up enthusiasm for this podcast. While I was away, I had the opportunity to focus on my own music, wrote a bunch of new songs, got back to some performing, which was awesome. And I'm pretty excited about what the next few months will hold in terms of recording the new tunes, playing some shows. So please stay tuned for more details on that. I'm happy to share them with you. When I finished season one of the podcast, there was very little doubt in my mind that there was going to be a season two because it was so very enjoyable and rewarding to chat with all the superbly talented singer-songwriters that I did. We really did cover a lot of ground. We dotted across the map, just like we said we would, from Canada to the U.S. to the U.K. And this season will be absolutely no exception. The artists that I chatted with were so very gracious with their time. I'm thinking that you guys are really going to dig the interviews. So I can't wait for all of you to hear them. Okay, I've done enough talking. Let's get to our first guest here. Dennis Matichuk is the supremely talented lead vocalist of BC-based supergroup Matlin Starsley Band. More about Dennis and the band in our opening act. Author Brian Tracy once said, Every experience in your life is being orchestrated to teach you something you need to know to move forward. Ain't that the truth? Experience can't be manufactured. Life lessons need to be taught, and only the people that chose to learn from these experiences will be the ones that truly prosper with a broader perspective on life and what is truly important. Now, talent and tenacity, coupled with experience, is a very dangerous combination. And all these characteristics and more can be used to describe BC-based Matlin Starsley Band. Matlin Starsley Band is a musical project featuring former and current members of the Brian Adams Band, the Ray Roper Project, Stonebolt, Touchdown, Straight Shooter, and Fandango. These veteran rockers released their first album, Rolling Again, in 2019. And their music is a mix of a country, blues, guitar-heavy southern rock and roots music. At the end of the day, it's the music that makes you feel really good. Since their launch, the band has enjoyed consistent radio play around the world, has performed in numerous venues and festivals, and has seriously solid streaming numbers. That's what you get when you put together a group of musicians who have been there, done that, checked their egos at the door, and have made it all about the music. Dennis Matichuk, lead vocalist of the band, has often described the band's formation as a gift. This perspective has been greatly earned, and with these types of insights, it is no wonder why Dennis and the band are finding success. I guess you can say that it's the gift that keeps on giving. Ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Dennis Matichuk. Dennis, welcome to the Prairie Town Basement Sessions, man. How's it going? Yeah, well, it's going great. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity. I always love talking about myself and about the music, so. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and I have to, like, apologize to you in advance here because, like, when we scheduled this, I didn't realize it was Easter weekend. So uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you took the time out. And um, I know you got lots of stuff going on, I'm sure. So uh, and you're out in the West Coast. What's it like in your neck of the woods these days with the weather wise? Uh, well, I was out golfing yesterday. Oh. And um, it's sunny and warm today. So we're, we're okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have two seasons here, the rainy season and the not rainy season. So um, the rainy season can be very long and dreadful. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I know I've been there where it's rained for seven days straight. And I'm like, oh, this is yeah. just this could be yeah. tough mentally. So so you're a golfer. Do you uh, what's your yeah. what's your handicap? My handicap? Um Gosh, I don't even, it's not calculable right now. I'm, I haven't <laughs> been playing well, let me put it that way. You yeah. know, I've, I've played since I was 10 years old, you know, thousands and thousands of rounds of golf. And then I go out there and I swing the club like it's the first time I've ever golfed. It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense whatsoever. But, yeah, I can relate to that. But I, I enjoy the game and um, my golfing partner is a guitar player in the band. So we, uh, we always go at least once a week and golf together. So it's great fun. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love golfing as well, too. It's a good, good stress release. Well, it's supposed to be a stress release, but, uh, but uh, I, I can relate. I can relate to like playing all my life and, and going out there and going, well, it could have been the first day I've ever tried this. So, so yeah. listen, man, I have a, a lot to ask you because I know you and I met, I think, probably through social media and, and we've had connection back and forth uh, probably for a couple of years now. I think it probably started um, prior to the pandemic or during the pandemic and it's kind of continued. And, and um, I know when I, decided to kind of launch this podcast like you and your band it was it was definitely I had to reach out to you because I just I'm such a huge fan of your music um and so I guess for a lot of folks maybe that aren't familiar with the band could you just give us a little bit of a chronology of of how the band started maybe and and uh, and, and kind of go from there Sure. Uh, I don't know if, if you have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the genesis was um, the guitar player Kevin Baba Starr and myself. We'd, we've um, we've written and and played together in in numerous different musical acts. I met him back in uh, 1984 on the road. Mm. He was um, a guitar player. I always blame him and and curse him for for being one of the first tribute bands. But he was. Um, he was on on the road with a ZZ Top tribute band called Z uh, Fandango, which was oh. amazing, amazing. And um, I worked in uh, with their opening act uh, for one of their tours across Western Canada. And uh, we found out we had a common love for George Jones, and that sealed our friendship from there on out. And we've been been best friends and have been writing. And um, out here on the West Coast, uh, original music is is kind of a tough go. You know, um, it's a lot of, you know, back in the 80s was all cover tunes. It still is uh, in terms of finding places to play. And we were we were playing in a band called Bad Allen and the Muscle Cats and, you know, doing corporate gigs and um, and things like that. And Kevin and I were kept trying to inject some original music into what we were doing. And the other guys in the band weren't really interested. They just, you know, wanted to get paid more money at the next gig. And, you know, rightfully so, I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just sat down and talked and said, you know, we can't keep uh, our, our feet on both sides of this sort of equation. We have to decide if what we're going to do. So we, we decided we were just going to do an album, uh, Kevin and I. And uh, so Mountain Starsley initially was just going to be an album project. And we were going to hire side musicians to, um, to record the album with us and, and record our songs. And um, it just kind of morphed from there. We initially hired the drummer, Jim Wesley, um, who has an incredible story himself. He toured with Brian Adams for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And when he left the Brian Adams project, they left the music industry. And um, it ended up, we were hockey dads together. His son and my son played hockey together. I had no idea he played the drums. And uh, we ended up at sort of a party jam thing. And he got behind the drum kit. And he was amazing. <laughs> and I went, oh, like, I had no idea. And so we, we sort of got to know him. We sat in with Bad Allen and the Muscle Cats for one gig. And so when we decided we wanted to do this, we thought, well, 
Jim would be perfect in terms of drumming. So we, we had asked him and he, he really didn't have any interest initially in our discussions because he thought we were talking about joining a cover band. And he says, he says if, you, if you do anything original, anything creative, I'm in. So we, I gave him a call and, uh, and so he joined the project. Mm. And uh, we just kind of started piecing the band together with really, really accomplished musicians. Musicianship in the band for me as a singer, being able to stand in front of these guys is amazing. Yeah. Um, and we just found a lot of musicians who were just dying to be creative. You know, like Don, the bass player, had been on the road for years in the club scene. I was uh, playing in a tribute band at the time, and and we reached out to him, and he was just dying. He had songs. And so we kind of pieced together this, for myself, anyways, my opinion, uh, elite level of musicianship with players who were just dying to be creative, you know, who had been mm -hmm. saving stuff for years and years. And um, yeah, so we just, we just kind of started writing together. We put the band together and just, just started writing and uh, the writing came quite easy for us. Everybody was contributing. So we all, you know, we all have writing credits and went into the studio and recorded the first album. We had Ray Roper from Stonebolt fame, for those of you who are vintage age, uh, who produced it for us. And uh, we just enjoy enjoy the creative process, enjoy playing together. And so we've written a second album and, uh, and uh, we're playing, you know, as much as we can. And it's just been a, a great joy for us at, at this point in our careers. We've all, you know, we've all been in the business 45, 50 years and to sort of put together this kind of project where all the egos are gone, those yeah. disappeared in the eighties and uh, really just be slaves to the songs. And it's, it's just incredible fun for us. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's such a, like when I was reading your EPK and it, it's so layered, right? Like, cause it, I mean, in, in your sound, the band's sound is, it's so, the musicianship is completely stellar and the experience kind of shines through. And so when I was reading the EPKs and just the background of all the members of the band, mm -hmm. it's, it's so layered. And, you know, I mean, that must've been really trippy for you to split with Jim, like just to be able to, you realize that he has this talent and he has this background and then it's like it's almost a, a bit of a, a gateway into saying okay now we can we can do something together it must have been a pretty interesting moment for you well it feels like a gift it really does yeah. you know and it's and it's what it's one we're handling with care we you know we we understand that sort of synergy amongst us and what 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 we're doing and personalities in the band and uh you know it's a rare thing um yeah. you know I, we've all yeah. been through dozens of bands and there's personality conflicts and uh, differing goals and everything else and for some reason and then, and like i said it feels like a gift for some reason we're all exactly on the same page and um and it's been great fun to be able to write with these guys and um and just to sort of get back, and I know in the EPK it says it sort of get back to that feeling that we had when we first started the business, when it really was about the music and about the yeah. song, and it wasn't about the politics and the money and all those other things. And we, we've kind of recaptured that to a certain extent, and that's pretty exciting. I haven't seen you in town.
So I was going to ask you the the origin of the name, the the Matlin Starsley Band. What's the what's the yeah. origin of the name? Um, well, that was the the drummer being creative. We couldn't come up with a name. We couldn't think about it. So he just took bits and pieces from each of our last names and created okay. Matlin Starsley. Okay, there we go. I figured that was probably the case, but I figured maybe there was something yeah. something there. Yeah. Okay. 
and 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 Daryl Ebert, who is the the keyboard player, pedal steel, banjo, he's an incredible musician. Uh, he was the last to join the band, so his name isn't involved in that. He he came on board late, so there's no no Ebert anywhere in there. So exactly, you can't can't add the letters. So, so you go way back. So you, you're originally from Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. From so Mel, you Saskatchewan. Melville. Yeah. Okay. I know that, that time. Well, so, so, uh, and what were your influences? You mentioned George Jones, you guys connected on the George Jones level, but like, what were you listening to? Oh, back in the early days, I was, I was really into Uriah Heap and Slade and, mm-hmm. you know, Doobie Brothers and all those things, right? 70s rock. I love, love British blues rock free, um, you know, bands like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I started in, in junior high school. We uh, decided to put a band together, some friends of, our, uh, of mine and, and myself. And uh, again, it was just, you know, you know, going back and forth between houses and sharing albums and stuff. And we decided we loved music. And, uh, and uh, a couple of my friends who, you know, they, they played guitar a little bit and the drummer who played drums a little bit. And um, my instrument was the accordion, didn't quite fit. And so when we were putting it together, they said, well, why don't you be the singer? And I said, oh, okay. I guess I'm the singer because I'm <laughs> playing. And I, you know, I, I done some singing in, in the youth choir at our Ukrainian church so I could sing in Ukrainian. Um, and uh, joined the choir in junior high school, a buddy of mine, and, uh, and I joined the choir because we were the only two guys in the choir and it was all girls and we thought we could maybe get a date out of the idea. And so that was my singing background before becoming a lead vocalist in a rock band. And uh, the Prairies in the 70s was amazing for music, especially for young musicians. There was so many gigs, so many places to play. Um, you know, every every small town had a teen council because there's lots of baby boomers around. So every small town was putting on small town dances. Every high school was hiring live bands. And um, so we started doing a lot of gigs in high school. In fact, when we started playing, none of us were old enough to drive. We had to have older brothers drive us to our gigs. Um, yeah. And and we were playing, you know, often two nights a week, right? We'd play a Friday night and a Saturday night almost every week. And so we, we just, it just kind of kept snowballing from there. And, and what's interesting is that band, that grade eight band that, that I joined, four of us are still very, 50 years later, very, very much involved in the music industry from that small town. When we get a chance to chat and talk, we kind of work these four of us from grade eight Mel, Saskatchewan, 50 years later, are still very involved in the music industry. It's kind of an amazing story. That is incredible. So, the, um, so the, the move out to the West Coast, was that the, what, what, what was the catalyst for that? Was, was that to kind of just really evolve the music or was there something else there? It, it ended up that um, when we graduated from high school, yes, we all graduated. When we graduated <laughs> from high school, I, I kind of wanted to take the band either to Calgary or Vancouver and sort of move on from what we were doing. And the other guys in the band weren't, weren't quite ready yet. And so I got an offer to, to tour with uh, a band called Mama's Boys, a band out of Regina doing the club circuit and so i i said wow club circuit wow that's big time and uh so i i joined that band so i toured with mama's boy for a short while and when that band broke up i i came back home and um you know hooked up with randy the guitar player and we decided to move out to the west coast and so we moved out and uh, played in a number of bands together but slowly drifted apart Mm -hmm. um but that was 1980 so moved out there and i gosh i spent about eight years on the road you know playing you know three hours a night 48 week a year you know six nights a week and um yeah and so i you know we just kind of continued from there i i eventually quit i was um 
in 86, I recorded some, uh, I recorded with a heavy metal band out of Calgary and I kind of said, well, this, this is it. If this takes off, I'll continue the journey and I'll, and if it doesn't, I'm going to quit and go back to school because I was tired and, you know, you're, you're on the road and people have their um, assortment of addictions and uh, it's a tough mm -hmm. life, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I, so I quit at that point and went back to school and, um, and at the time, I, I had met Kevin, the guitar player. And when he quit Fandango, he moved out to Vancouver, called me. And um, again, we became best friends. We started, you know, playing the clubs around town here again, just part time as he was working. I was in university. And then again, you know, we sort of drifted away from the music industry. I, I became a teacher and I kind of oh, put okay. the mic down and, oh. uh, and it, it pretty much thought that I was never going to sing again. And just out of the blue, Kevin called me and told me he was jamming with some guys and if I was interested in fronting the band. And I kind of fell off my chair laughing, going, what? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he kind of dragged me back into it. That was probably 2000, I think. And um, yeah, and so we, we, we wrote some songs for other artists and we, you know, like I said, did the odd club circuit and did corporate gigs and it just kind of evolved to where we are now. And it's been, been quite a journey, actually. No kidding. I'm I'm so glad. Like, I, it's interesting to, to find out that you're a teacher by by profession. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Your your voice is so you know. As soon as you start singing, I know it's you. Like, I it's it's one of those recognizable voices. I, I just really love your voice. It's kind <laughs> of that you have that kind of been been there, done that type of voice. Um, that tired. That, no, no. It's 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 a compliment. It's, it's tired that, voice. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 a very seasoned and reminiscent voice if that makes any sense like i you know i'll, I'll know it's you guys when i hear you sing right and if i mm -hmm. and i mean if i and i i'll know it's you guys anyway because of the of just of the style of music right it's it's so polished mm -hmm. so and i want to ask you about that so you know you guys get that band together and and you mm -hmm. obviously are connecting and so from a songwriting perspective um, how do you guys craft songs uh, when there's a lot of opinion there? Yeah, well, one of the things that, that we did decided early and, and we had talked to someone and Kevin, Kevin and I had talked to people and we were always asked, you know, well, what kind of band are you? What kind of music you're doing? And we, we were told by management and people in the business, you got to pick a lane, right? You got to play a style of music. And um, we kind of decided that we weren't going to do that, you know, to the de detriment of us at times with, with people in the business. Um, you know, because we're we're music lovers. I love all kinds of music, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, as a consumer of music myself, we thought, well, let's just write the songs and whatever genre they are, wherever they go, let's literally be slaves to the songs, wherever it takes us. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of been um, what what we've held to, you know, because everybody in the band is coming from very very different backgrounds. And um, so we just decided that that all songs are. We're, we're willing to consider and the ideas are coming from everyone, everyone in the band. So we'll have a rehearsal and Don, the bass player, come in and say, I've got, I've got this riff that I've been working on. I really like it. Let's put some work into it and see if we can come up with something. And, you know, the practice after that, uh, Kevin will come with a song idea and we, and then we, we sit together and we jam it and play it and put it together and piece it together. And like I said, what the, the good part is that we don't have any Eagles involved in this. And so I'm perfect. I, I'm perfectly fine with, him telling me that my idea, my idea stinks or my melody line stinks or whatever, right? And we're very open about it. But we decided we weren't going to throw out any songs. If we liked the song, we were going to play it. If it was straight country, we were going to play it. If it was heavy metal, we were going to do it if we liked the song. And and so we yeah. kind of kind of stuck with that. And and again, it, it really is a collective. We really do create together. And uh, that's that's fun. You know, it's exciting. 
Yeah, I can tell you that you guys really love making music together. So, and it shows. And so when you take it into the recording process, I'm kind of curious, are mm-hmm. you guys just recording live off the floor or is it, uh, what's the process there? Yeah, no, usually we go in and, and for the bed tracks uh, live as a band and then, and then take the bass and drums. Um, and, then, and then we go as individuals and go in and do our individual tracks. Uh, we've been very lucky. Daryl, our keyboard player, um, has an amazing studio that he built. And um, so, you know, <laughs> lucky for us money wise and stuff is uh you know daryl's doing a lot of the engineering and and it's a lot of the the pre-production and production for us he puts in a ton of time for us so we're very lucky that way so we we have a lot of time to go in and change things like some of these songs are two years old and i've changed melody lines you know 20 Mm -hmm. times already (laughs) and i'll you know I'll call him and I'll go, you know what? I was just listening to that song again. I want to come in and redo the vocal track. And he's like, oh, no, not again. You know? <laughs> well, it's Dennis. Dennis but is calling. Yeah. But we've been very lucky, you know, be, because we've been able to, it's, it's an expensive proposition and we've been able to avoid some of that. Yeah. And we're lucky that way. Yeah. And we just go in and change things until everybody, you know, everybody in the band is comfortable with it. If, you know, if someone is not happy with the part, then we, we go and redo it and change it.
say that time can mend broken things. Lord, I pray that that's true. Because this hurt, it's running so deep. I take it out on you. been in the business for a long time and i know i always share this with people that you know when i when i was younger i played in lots of gigs and and i recorded cds yeah. and it was that the distribution process was different uh, and now mm-hmm. now with social media and all the distribution channels you know promotion is a big thing through social media and it seems that you guys have embraced that uh, and it's a lot of work you know you you've done the music yeah. videos and you've done and you're active on social media so like what's yeah. what's that been like for you that has been painful <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I sort of took that on, um, you know, just, you know, uh, when I said I'm a teacher, I'm actually a, an online teacher. So I have my computer in front of me all day long. Yeah. Um, and I've been do it, doing online education for, you know, 15 years. Um, so I sort of took that on and uh, that's a full-time job on its own. It really is. Yeah. It, it's really consuming. It's frustrating. Um, you don't get immediate results. And so you wonder if you're just wasting your time. And um, so that's been a challenge. And we've, we, we've been lucky. We, we've added uh, a new management team and a production company, and they're taking over some of the social media stuff, and um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, a godsend for me because it, it, it was really starting to wear me down, you know, because you get so yeah. wound up. It's first thing yeah. in the morning, you wake up and, you know, check check anybody you respond to our latest video and stuff. And and so it's it's kind of a curse and a blessing though, because in the past, you know, I I grew up in the business when it was about getting a deal. Yeah. And and there was it was very difficult to be an independent artist. And it was very difficult to get deals. And so you were in many cases you were sort of you had to do cover tunes. You had to do the clubs and stuff because that was the only way that you could work as a musician and, and full time as a musician. So, mm-hmm. you know, the technology has allowed us to do a lot of things on our own, uh, which yeah. is great, but it also is a burden in many ways. And so it's trying to balance those, but it, it really is labor intensive, that whole promotion and social media. And, and it's, it, it's been kind of nice to pass that off to our new production company who's taking, taking care of some of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. You could see why, you know, some artists, um, um, yeah, do hire the teams and, you know, and if you had 
five or 10 people pushing your, your music out there, what, what the benefits would be. And I, I just recently spoke to somebody the other day about how they carve out their social media time. And they're saying like, they literally now at, they're at the point where they spend eight hours because they're, they're, they're musicians. That's this, this yeah. is their, their full-time job. And they're spending eight hours once a week on social media, very t- labor intensive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're reaching out to radio stations and trying to get songs on independent radio and trying to, to reach out to people. And, uh, and again, the progress is slow, you know, you're yeah. watching one follower. Oh, we gained two followers last month. We gained, you know, the progress is so slow. Um, you know, you're looking for the big break. But um, but that part of it, I, I try to compartmentalize that and just say, you know, how much I'm enjoying this side of it. And, yeah. you know, this is a necessary evil. And, and you know, and, and we have reached people and people have enjoyed the music. And um, so it's rewarding in that way anyways. For sure. And that's where I want to go next is that obviously the feedback um, on the band is, is very positive. Uh, you know, I, I, I follow you and I, I see the comments and, and I, I see your monthly listeners uh, on some of the streaming platforms and what have you. So it's, it's been well received and that must really reinforce uh, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and somewhat surprising. I mean, we, we really didn't know when Kevin and I decided we were going to do an album and, and, and it turned into a full band project. It really was a bit of just being self-indulgent. We, we weren't yeah. really sure anybody was going to be listening. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're not young guys anymore, you know, and I, we weren't sure lyrically, you know, our, our perspective, our view of the world lyrically, if that was going to connect with anybody. And it has been, it has been a, a surprise and um, a bit shocking. And um, gosh, when we started to get in some good reviews on the album, it was just, it, we were, we were amazed, you know, yeah. like, people are really liking this stuff. This is, Terrific, you know, maybe maybe we've hit on something, you know, you know, playing yeah. to an older demographic and talking about sort of mature themes to to a good ex- great extent, and um, and uh, yeah, it was extre- It's been extremely rewarding, you know, um, all all the work and 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 it has been a lot of work, you know, piecing together. You know, right now we've got our last couple shows. We've been playing uh, songs off the second album as well. So we're you know we're we're doing twenty songs, you know, original songs in a show, and uh, we're we're nice. kind of looking back on wow. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's great. That's, that was a lot of work putting 20 songs together, you know? Yeah. No kidding. So what's, what's the next three months look like for you guys? Like, what do you, what, what's on the, what's on the horizon? Um, well, we want to finish the second album. We got, we have two songs that were still a little unsure. We've done the bed tracks, done most of the vocal tracks, you know, just, just going and tweaking certain things. And so hopefully the album will be out in a couple months. Um, we're going to be a little busier show-wise now with COVID over. So we, we've got a few festivals coming up in the summer and a few shows. Unfortunately, we had to reschedule our uh, concert for Ukraine, which was on May 7th. That's been rescheduled to October 22nd. And so it's going to be about uh, doing shows. <sighs> you know, getting a little more exposure, hopefully reaching some new listeners, um, you know, finishing up the album and then uh, start writing album number, number three. That's very cool. So, you know, the the, the benefit for Ukraine, uh, you know, I did want to chat with you a little bit briefly about that. I know it's obviously near and dear uh, to you. And uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, and, and I'm finding like, there's a lot of artists that are pulling together and doing those kind of things. So it's obviously very yeah. important to you. Yeah, we have added a new member, uh, D.L. Karsh. Um, she's an amazing singer, acoustic guitar player. She's actually from Dauphin, Manitoba. Yeah, yeah. And Ukraine as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so we thought, uh, we were kind of talking and we, we kind of thought that it might be something that we'd like to do. Uh, I have family in Ukraine. 
um, you know, not close family, but, you know, my parents have visited over there and stuff. And so we, we just felt it was something that we could do. You feel so helpless over here. You know, yeah. you're not sure what you can do. You feel like you want to do something. And so it was it was a, a small thing that we thought we could do for um, for the humanitarian humanitarian crisis uh, over there right now. So um, what, what has been interesting, and I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, is when we started promoting that on Facebook and other social media, the the number of bots and um, uh, responses that we've been getting, you know, people pushing the Russian propaganda side of it and all that. I was shocked at the response. Some people trying to scam tickets. And um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, you kind of sometimes forget what the world is like out there. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. And just, you know, a small band like us doing a concert for Ukraine was attracting these elements. Yeah. And uh, that part was a bit shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gives you a glimpse into the real dark side of, of, of the world and social media. I know I, you know, for a previous release, I put out something that maybe had, I guess, religious uh, undertones to, to the to the song. And that's certainly that wasn't the message I was trying to convey. And uh, the amount of stuff coming back to me, um, the real negativity coming back to me was quite profound. I thought, well, that's really interesting. And and it's sad to hear that, that that's for, for a situation such as the Ukraine benefit, that that would be the case for that as well. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it was about the humanitarian crisis, um, and that was the fund that we were that, that we were you know going to be donating the money to, and yeah, the the vitriol, the the anger, the yeah. the nastiness, some of these comments and stuff was just it was shocking. It's like hey, we're just trying to do something good for some people who are really hurting right now. <laughs> like yeah, you know this 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 is controversial. This isn't you know, but but, but yeah, the response and and it it it, impact, it affects you. You know, yeah. I mean, it really you kind of think about this and and you, it really kind of wears on you after a while and again that's part of being active on social media is that is that you really have to disconnect sometimes i know with my phone now i i used to be glued to it now i i i leave it like i'll, I'll leave it at home and i'll go out for the day and i just won't take it with me because I, it's yeah. just it, it's overwhelming and you're drawn to it <clears throat> it's designed to 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 draw you to it and become addictive and um and if you're not careful it, it can really impact your your well-being you know your emotional well-being so gotta be Absolutely. mindful of that Absolutely. Well, I commend you for doing the benefit. I, I was, I'm Ukrainian as well. And, um, you know, through the whole situation, I, you go back to tracing the family roots and, you know, I was learning that, you know, like the great grandparents, you know, came in 1902 from Eastern Ukraine and all this kind of thing. And, and it's, it's, yeah. And, 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 and I think that the real benefit of, of, of doing these types of events is just keeping it um, at the forefront of consciousness because mm-hmm. we see it in social media, we see it on the news, and there's this risk that people become desensitized, uh, which is a real yes. shame because, of, of, because it's, it's just terrible and so good on you. So, um, and, you know, yeah, the social media is, can be a real beast, eh? And, and everything moves so quickly. So, you yeah. know, something that, 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 that we used to view is, you know, we, we view what's happening in Ukraine in a very serious light and concern, you know, but the next day there's the next thing that comes up and everything is moving so quickly, you know, and we're so connected to the world. You know, I, I think back to growing up in a one, one channel TV, one TV channel family and, and how concerns were local, you know, about things going on locally. And I, you know, you'd hear about stuff and, but you you weren't as connected. Right. And so now you're, you sort of have a personal into things that are happening on the other side of the world that you never did before. And, and it can become overwhelming if you're not, not mindful of that and careful with that. Definitely. So I have to, one last question for you here. So the sure. Dennis dollar 
Malachuk. So dollar, you got to, yeah. what's the, what's the story behind the nickname? Well, it's pretty simple. Actually. <laughs> Can you share it? Back in, yeah. In my mama's boy days, uh, which is the band on Regina that I first uh, hit the club scene with, uh, it was the time of Eddie money. And so Denny dollar, Eddie money. It was just <laughs> as right simple on. as that. Guitar player in the band says, you gotta, you gotta change your name because you know, you don't want, you don't want girls to be able to track you down later. Right. So you gotta, <laughs> gotta have a stage name. Yeah. Um, so I became dollar and it's stuck with me for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is awesome. That's very cool. Well, man, listen, it, it was absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, you know, I know, like I said, that at the front end, like, you know, we've, we've chatted via social media and, uh, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I wish you nothing but the success. I, I love the message that your band is putting out. Um, the quality of the music is second to none. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that maybe you guys could come our way in Manitoba one day. I don't know if a tour is ever, ever in the books, but it would be wonderful. Well, you know, we're, we're hoping, you know, with our, with our new management company and, and, you know, the connections that they have, uh, you know, our connections are all 50 years old. So, <laughs> you know, um, with the new production uh, company and management, we're, we're, we're hoping to, you know, to, to play a little more to get to to get it out of the west coast in bc and to, to play a little more so we're looking forward to that um you know some talk about doing the dauphin festival next summer and um, things oh, like wow. that so okay um, yeah so uh we hope to do that you know and um and and we're just having so much fun with this you know and people liking the music and it's uh yeah it's it's kind of rekindled our spirit in, in some of what we do and uh and, and like it says in the epk trying to sort of recapture why we got into music in the first place you know get some of yeah. that fun and energy back and 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 we're so we're so lucky to be able to do that at the ages that we are you know we're 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 vintage age and uh you know we had a lot of people who said what are you doing starting a a new original act at your age right do a tribute act right do and so we had a lot of naysayers saying what are you guys doing like you know and we just thought oh the hell with it you know we like playing music we like writing music and if someone likes to listen to it bonus right yeah, great. good for you guys to fight against that. Because I know, I know, I know, I come, I come across that as well, right? It's like, you know, you really have to change your perspective in the construct. It's like, if you like what you're doing, I mean, what's what's the alternative, right? You know, yeah. to, yeah. you, you yeah. need the outlet. I, I find, I, I'm sure this is probably the case for you guys as well. Like during the pandemic, it's been a real salvation to be able to create music and uh, and write and, and connect with people, right? That way. Yeah. And, and, you know, I started writing in my first band, you know, we were 12, 13 and we wrote, wrote songs and been been writing my whole life so you know now that i'm 60 plus why should that change it exactly. doesn't make any sense that it needs to change. so um yeah it's been a gift right on man well listen i appreciate you i appreciate your music and i appreciate your time and uh we'll watch out for those those new singles and the album and we'll watch out for any tour dates uh and you're a member of the prayer town basement session family now so we'll definitely promote what you guys do and then we'll always be in touch anyway yeah well and thanks so much for doing this i, I love the idea and i i, I love the podcast podcast and and hearing the stories and uh it's it's a great platform you know and there's so much chaos and racket out there and it's nice to sit down and and just listen to people talking about uh, things that i care about so thank you very much and best of luck all right thanks ian
Prairie Town Basement Sessions, hosted by none other than Ian Trochak. I would like to thank Dennis for joining me on this week's Season 2 premiere show. I really enjoyed the conversation. He's such a kind, thoughtful, and genuine soul. You might have also noticed in the interview that Dennis's voice was a little hoarse. He was actually rehearsing the night before with the band, which shows his dedication to the craft. And yet he got up the next morning to chat with me, so I totally appreciate it, Dennis. Please, everyone, go check out the Matlin Starsley Band website at matlinstarsley.com. You can see some of their video content on there, there's links to music, and check out where they might be performing next. You can also find their music on all the streaming platforms and watch for the release of their new album, which is coming very soon. I'd like to thank all of you for joining me in today's episode. It's so absolutely great to be back in the proverbial saddle again, and there are many more great interviews to share with you in the coming weeks. This episode and others can be found on Anchor and all the major podcast streaming platforms. You can also stream off my website at www.iancrochakmusic.com. If podcasts aren't your thing, you can listen to recently released episodes on KB Radio every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and KB Country Radio at 7 p.m. every Sunday. Go check it out. KB Radio folks, they're passionate about support of independent music and I think you'll love what you hear. If you would like more information on past and future podcasts, Please also feel free to visit my Facebook and Instagram accounts under Prairie Town Basement Sessions. That's all for today, everyone. Please remember to take care of yourself and others. And until next time, my friends. <laughs>